drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. It is picked up by the line. Darius Slade's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, caught, touchdown to Cornelius, Marvin Jones. Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown to Cornelius. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on everybody? Friday, right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. And on Wednesday, we had to talk about the Cowboy loss. We had some quick hitters where we talked about the crowd that took over Ford Field. We talked about our 94-year-old owner. We talked about injuries. We hinted on TJ Hawkinson and we talked about some crazy stuff that's going on on Twitter today. I got the one and only Grifka here on a Friday. Grifka, what's going on? Oh, man. I do. Thank God it's Friday, but, you know, I just want to let everybody know, you know, for that big snowstorm and cold breeze we got last week, man. Man, it was almost 50 degrees here yesterday, man. I'm starting to wonder what time of year it is. I mean, oh, is it springtime, football season, getting ready for summer? Uh, no, I mean, it'll be cold here again at some point, but, uh, you know, it's supposed to be a nice weekend in the 40s. Griff Gover, you're talking about nice weather when last time I checked, I got snow everywhere almost all last week till the end, which cleared up uh, just in time for the Michigan Wolverines to put that beat down on the uh, Sparties of East Lansing. I, I love that. And uh, like I said, our Lions are still uh, struggling. But, uh, Grifka, we got we got no news and notes. Let's get right into this Washington game. The Washington Redskins are a terrible football team. Um, I think, I mean, I even had to call in a certain uh, buddy to help us out with this game. We might hear him a couple times during the show. I mean, the Washington Redskins are... That's terrible. That's terrible. terrible. They're terrible. Thank you, Charles. Uh, but... Our Lions are also playing bad and are all beat up, so who knows what's going to happen in this game. I'm sure hoping for a dub, even though you know I root for that draft pick when all is said and lost. Yeah, um, my biggest thing with this game is, like, so far, it seems like, you know, I know, well, you kind of teased it before, we might talk about it a little later, the defense making, like, I threw out there on Twitter, it seems like this defense is making, like, every opposing quarterback look like a Hall of Famer. And, you know, Dwayne Haskins. So real quick, the- I got I to I gotta break in on you. Can, can, can you put out a positive tweet at some point before the end of the season? I get so sick of seeing nothing from you and then seeing one garbage tweet. Like, if we oh. score a touchdown, can you tweet out, like, wow, what a great throw, or, hey, Kenny Galladay's a beast, or, like, just something halfway decent for me. Can you do that? Sure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it'd be nice every time it's you just killing the team on two things at the end of a game drives me nuts. But, but yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. No problem. But anyways, um, <laughs> I'll do that for you. Um, you know, Everybody I, watch but, if he does it. Cause I, I bet you won't, I bet you we'll see nothing from you. And then some tweet after they lose a game, okay. just how bad Agrippa, everything is. DKC, believe me, <laughs> hit, one, everybody hit him up. 
Yeah. We'll, we'll be some. We'll be something positive on Sunday, even if like, hey, the Lions are wearing their blue jerseys today, or white with blue pants. I don't know. Whichever Twitter, get you heard. Whichever. Get after this guy until hate. he's positive, and you don't have to be positive when they do crappy things, but just don't sit there and like let everything positive go. Like all these touchdowns, you know, Bo Scarborough playing well, Kenny Galladay balling out, and then you wait till the end of the game, go just one tweet. It's usually one or two tweets that are just like the one thing that cost us the game or why we're terrible. It's like, what about all the other good things? I mean, like I say, overall, it's been a down year. Don't get me wrong by every measurable, but I mean, a little positivity from you on Twitter would be nice every once in a while. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, I'm positive <laughs> that the Lions defense has been playing poorly enough that every opposing quarterback's looking like a Hall of Famer. So, yeah. uh, Dwayne Haskins, what, uh, he hasn't uh, been doing, uh, that great since he's uh, taken over to start. I didn't realize it's only been a couple weeks. You know, they weren't happy with, you know, what the, I think it was Colt McCoy was starting or whoever. I couldn't remember who was starting there in Washington or Case Keenum or well, I can't remember. So it could have been. Yeah, one of those scrubs. Yeah. Yeah. So they went with uh, Dwayne Haskins and we all saw him at Ohio State. He was like, you know, he didn't have to run a lot, but he was throwing the ball all over the place and Washington thought that would just translate to the pro game. Um, he hasn't done – not that great so far this year. But uh, uh, what do you think uh, the Lions are going to do? Still think they're going to run their basic, you know, rush three, drop eight? Or do you think they might have some surprises, you know, maybe blitz a little more, try to confuse this rook? Um, I'm I'm overall like a, a Dwayne Haskins fan, to be honest. I, I feel like he's had moxie since he was a freshman there at OSU. We had to see him throw – what was it? Came off the bench and threw a couple credible throws against the uh, – our Michigan Wolverines, that still hurts me. But I think this kid has had moxie ever since he was young. He's, you know, not a great athlete from a running perspective, but he can sling it around the yard. And the, the biggest thing everybody says with him right now is he's just nowhere near where he needs to be from a mental perspective and even a work ethic. You know, there's been, excuse me, there's been talks about how he doesn't work hard enough. He doesn't know how to lead. He, you know, is pretty far behind when it comes to knowing NFL defenses. So I I feel like all those type of things are going to show up on Sunday, but yeah, if we just have no pass rush, I, I don't see why this guy isn't going to be able to wing it around to the Terry McLaurin's, you know, they just got Darius Geis back. Who's a guy that I think is a, a heck of a ball player when he's healthy, you know, everybody wrote him off cause he's had a few knee injuries, but he's big, he's physical. He can run down the, down your throat. So I, I would hope the Lions would do a little more pressure as well as try to frazzle this guy because we've seen in college, if you just let Dwayne Haskins stand back there and throw slants and crossing routes, uh, he can do some damage. And the Lions have got torn up on uh, slants and crossing routes pretty much the last seven games or more. So uh, that does not bode well, I don't think. But, you know, you can't let this guy get off as no matter how bad your defense has been. It's got to be a – a good day for the Detroit Lions defense in this game, you would hope. Um, yeah, Dwayne Haskins, like you said, uh, it seemed like uh, he's been a little behind. One of the greatest NFL memes I've seen so far this year after he's played is like, it was like Dwayne Haskins like throwing the ball, and as the pitcher's going, it's like morphing into Jamarcus Russell, and it just made me laugh. But uh, um, I, I think it was one of those I, I don't like, see that at all. But but it's, anyway, it's, still kind of, it's still kind of funny. But uh, <laughs> I don't know who put it out there. It must have been like a Cowboys fan or something, but still you have to admit that is sort of funny. But uh, I think maybe at some point, a lot of it was, he was just, he was just um, 
better than everybody else. So we could just use like his talent where the NFL, everybody's, everybody's good. So, uh, you know, maybe just, you know, he doesn't realize how much hard work it, it takes to be a, a good NFL quarterback. If you had your choice, would you rather be going up against Case Keenum's old sorry ass or Colt McCoy's Rudy Pooh candy ass or the young rookie with a burr under his saddle that's been getting beat up named Dwayne Haskins? I guess I'd rather be going against Dwayne Haskins because at least the other guys I've seen, you know, more <laughs> really defenses. I, but I'd I'd rather be playing the Rudy Pooh or the Jabron. I mean, I I feel like I wish they would have still been in when we come into this game, but we got to deal with not only the rookie but the running back, and and the rookie has his his college receiver too. Which, like I said, once they get cooking, Terry McLaurin's already shown that he's a good football player. So once they get their timing down, I think that's going to be a dynamic duo. Yeah. Uh, do you think Adrian Peterson's going to do anything on uh, on Sunday? I mean, he's, he's, he used to kill the Lions when he played for Minnesota. But, uh, you know, I know there was there was, there was was even, like, a little bit of talk, like, at the trade deadline. It's like, oh, maybe the Lions could get Adrian Peterson from Washington. Um, or do you just think he's just kind of out there for the paycheck right now? Griff, could you remember the podcast? It was probably only, like, our – gosh, had to be maybe like our fifth show or just raise we got going. And it, it was that year Adrian Peterson was a free agent. He, I think he was just come off the Cardinals or something. You know, everybody thought he was washed up. We had a big discussion about like, do you think he's got anything in the tank? Because we, of course, you know, needless to say, the last two decades, Lions have had no running back worth a dang. So it was like, maybe Adrian Peterson has two to three years left, I think is what we discussed. It was like, why would you not give him a decent contract? He's a pretty good athlete. He still has a little bit left. And, you know, I I want to say without going back, finding that and listening to it, that either both of us or I know I was more on the, like, like bring him in here. You know, even if he's a, a part-time guy, to me it was well worth the gamble. And sure enough, the guy's been good the last two to three years when healthy. And he's... I just think that's one of those misses where we just outthink it and overthink it and think that everybody's got to be 21, 22, 23 years old, or else you can't put him in the backfield. This guy's tough. He runs hard. I mean, I feel like now he's at the real back half, so I wouldn't really want to add him at this point. But yeah, two, three years ago, I think he would have been a great fit for the Lions. Probably really helped us in the run game, but not so much anymore. I mean, he he'll probably have a few flashes against the Lions because we've We've been hit or miss on the run game all year, but I think, you know, overall I'm worrying about will they give guys more carries and then the, the passing game more. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember that conversation about Adrian Peterson. It's like, it, I think the Lions almost had that fear of they had, they flashed back to like Emmett Smith, like when he left Dallas to go play Arizona and it was like, Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, nobody could really understand it. We're like what, 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 what's Arizona thinking? And uh, right. I don't know if the Lions thought the same thing out of Adrian Peterson, but he still had a little bit of tread left on the tires. And you're right. And like NFL is no longer the workhorse. Some guy gets 25 carries, 30 carries a game. You know, everything's everything's split, you know, split backs nowadays. So, yeah, you probably could have really helped you, you know, two, three years ago. And, you know, at this point, you're right at this point, you know, like, yeah, he, he'll have a couple nice runs here and there. And, you know. I, I he's he'd be a guy I I wouldn't want on the team right now compared to the, what the Lions. The main on. reason I vouched for him is he's a physical specimen. Like even now when he's way past as far as his years, 
he looks way better than anybody else we got in a jersey in the running back room. You know what I mean? Like just from a size, the way he runs with that physicality, like sometimes that's that's what you need more so than other things at the NFL level is that just that ability to be a top athlete, have the bulk, the ability, like we're just getting all these scat backs. And I feel like Peterson, even in his later days, and he's, and he showed it, he, he gets downhill. And when he gets cooking, you got to give him probably like 10, 15 plus carries. But once he gets that, I mean, he can, he can churn out a hundy and a touch, you know, still can do it. So we'll see. We may see him someday. We'll see. Yeah. Um, let's flip over to the Redskins, uh, defense and, uh, now, uh, Detroit's offense, that hasn't been the problem all year, even with, you know, uh, Driscoll being in there. They've The Lions' offense is still doing you know, pretty good. I mean, uh, against Chicago, um, they were a little stagnant. Even the last game, people were like, well, you only threw him for 200 yards. But still, Driscoll had his moments where he looked pretty good. The running game was still, you know, uh, not not where, nowhere near where we'd like it to be. But is there anybody on that defense you think the Lions need to scheme for? I mean, they got Josh Norman at quarterback. Cornerback, he hasn't seemed to be as good as he you know he was. And I think that, that Montez Sweat, you know, he's a linebacker. The coolest thing he has right now are those uh, Old Spice commercials that kind of look like political commercials. <laughs> right. So uh, anybody on that defense you think that offense needs to kind of scheme for, game plan for? Do you want to you wanna rep your boy Montez? I mean, that was your guy throughout the whole draft process. Now you're dogging on him and don't like his commercials, really? No, man, I think that's a very clever uh, ad, actually. It really is. <laughs> I, I do say it. Those, those it's my last name. <laughs> those, those ads crack me up, man. They really do. It is. It's just a clever thing, especially when they got Von Miller in there. It's like Von Miller like sweat. <laughs> Showing like standing together. How you know? It, it's just a great. It's a great ad. Kudos to whatever ad company came up with that because that those commercials make me laugh. Grifko, we got to take a two minute pause for a commercial talk right now. So I, some buddies, we were chatting about funny commercials a few days ago, and uh, I was like, you know what makes commercial makes me laugh for some reason every time is the one where the two people are in sam's club and they come across the chef working the um working the fajita line and like (laughs) and and they start making fun of him or like goofing on him and then and then the guy goes to grab a sample and he he goes use the cocktail stick (laughs) yeah use a cocktail stick like it just makes me laugh every time so i threw that out there everybody was laughing and then everybody was like you know what's another good one is the geico commercial where they're uh they're in the horror movie and they're like like what should we do why why don't we just get in the running car and like what what a stupid idea let's go hide behind the chainsaws (laughs) and then The clutch part about that commercial is the ending where, like, the guys are behind him and they go, run to the cemetery. <laughs> the best thing so I good. like about that that commercial is, like, the guy's right behind him and, like, the girl goes, will you stop breathing on me? <laughs> like, like, that's the biggest worry right now. You know, like, right. some, or, some, some maniacs chasing you down and you're like, will you stop breathing on me? <laughs> or the hot blonde that when they say go behind the chainsaw, she's like, yeah, it's a great idea. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Oh, that's those are my that's two faves. Geico. <laughs> Geico and use a cocktail stick. I don't know, it's just the way the lady says it that I laugh every time. It's not a buffet. <laughs> It's like my buddy Uh, texted me on that, and he's just like, "That's what he texted me." It's not a buffet. Use the cocktail stick. I go, "That'd be pretty cool if I went to Costco and there's Gordon Ramsay making fajitas." Like that'd be awesome. Uh, 
And it's like such a disjointed, like none of it makes sense, but it's funny. And then you remember that it's about like sprint or something just because it, it makes you laugh. And it's on like 50 times every game that we watch. You know what I mean? It's like the most played commercial yeah. ever. So yeah. Incredible. I had more fun talking about that than talking about this Lions Redskins game. So, uh, <laughs> well, you hey. uh, real quick, you asked me about the D like to me, I, I don't know any of the rankings, but like to me, I know they have a few pass rushers when it comes to Kerrigan, Sweat. You know, they have um, the Alabama boys still in the middle. But, but past their D-line, like I, I couldn't name you one really of their linebackers, the corners. Like everybody always brings up Josh Norman. Is it just me or was he good like four years ago and ever since he gets toasted all day, a day. So Josh Norman worries me not in the slightest. I mean, if anything, Kenny's just going to beast him all over the field. So, I, I mean, they may have some decent rankings when it comes to run stuff or just their overall points against, but – I feel like this is a team that can be had. It's just, I think it's going to be in my fantasy football article on Thursday. Like I hate their field. We talked about it in our preview. Like I guarantee it's going to be sloppy field. They're going to be slipping all over the place. Like balls going to get out, you know, on some type of fumbles and tip balls. Like it's just what happens when you go to Washington in freaking late November. Yeah. Um, I have to agree with you there. I mean, it seemed like, a while ago, like Josh Norman was like one of the best, you know, cornerbacks in the game. We're like, yo, man, we should, gosh, wish we had him. Now this guy is just like <laughs> everybody picks on him and he doesn't make plays. And, you know, everybody who like leaves Washington just bashes that organization. And, you know, I mean, you know, hey, you know, you know, we're not saying Quandre Diggs didn't do that either. But uh, still, it seems like I don't know if this is a worse place than Detroit, but uh, there's nobody on that defense just like, gosh, you really got to watch for that guy, you know, except sweat because he sweats and, you know, nobody likes sweat. So, right. It's my last name. Why are you breathing on me, Montez? <laughs> he's just, I, uh, he's just dripping I, sweat, man. Make it look like he's a, you know, like this he's isn't, in a sweat house. <laughs> this isn't the best for my, uh, dog, uh, rankings that I have, but when Josh Norman was in Carolina, when he got signed by uh, the Redskins, he was a dog, in my opinion, just a nasty cover corner, get up in your face, make plays on the football. He's definitely not that anymore. So, like no, you say, he's a dog, I, but he's a dog player. He's just like, <laughs> yeah, he ain't a dog. D-O-G, like, not a D-A-W. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah exactly. Yeah, so well, let's put the, let's put a bow on this. We all talked about like the Redskins. We know what the Lions have, and we're going to cover them here a little more in a, in a couple seconds. But uh, why don't you give me a final score on this game? Oh man, the Lions are struggling. Uh, Washington is terrible. Thank you, Charles. I am not going to go to the soundbite again. Uh, you know, I I think this is just a game. The Lions' offense, you know, does what they have been doing, which is put up you know low to mid twenties. Defense keeps it together a little bit. Frustrates the rookie. Probably twenty four seventeen Lions. Sloppy game. W for the Lions and nobody will give us any credit because they'll say you should have won. You should have blown them out. You know, Mike Valenti will go on a big rant about, oh, wow, you won. Why didn't you win by 40? Well, it's the NFL, man. They won a game. Who cares? Like, it's going to happen. And then, you know, I'd love to see him get this one and Turkey Day, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, uh, I'm going really back and forth on this game. I mean, gosh. I'm afraid it's going to be like, oh, the Dwayne Haskins coming out party, oh, blah, 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 you know, and 
Redskins don't have much of a running game, and you know, um, McLaurin, he can he can get downfield. The guy's got a little bit of speed, and you know, I know everybody was busting on Slay after last game. Why didn't you get the two picks? I mean, I think they're gonna just put Slay on McLaurin, and you know, he'll be able to at least keep him in check. So. And, you know, Driscoll's been, you know, he's been playing, you know, pretty good. You know, he's been moving the ball, and I still think the Lions have more offensive weapons, even with their lack of a running game. I mean, Washington's running game isn't, you know, it's not like it's John Riggins or anybody back there. So, uh, gosh, you know, like I said, going back and forth still, I mean, I think the Lions are probably going to put up maybe like, you know, I'm going to say 20 points for the Lions, and I'm going to give the Redskins, uh, I'll give them 16. You know, Lions win this one. 20 to 16 if, you know, if uh, I mean they could lose but you know I'm going to put some faith in them this week there you go and here's a Griff Cabell for that John Riggins blast which only like 10% of our audience understood who you're talking about <laughs> cool <laughs> so hey John Riggins man that guy was a beast <laughs> go, go watch this go watch this film the guy was a beast Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I know we uh, we kind of teased it uh, last show and, you know, as we were going through covering stuff, but... One thing I really, really wanted to touch base on, you know, was this defense. And one thing that just kind of has been bugging me, you know, I, I'm one for, you know, I, I read Twitter, I read people's comments, like, you know, on, you know, different websites and somebody, a couple different people, you know, actually put, you know, wait until Matt Pat gets his players here on defense. And all I could think to myself was like, these are his players. I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, like what, maybe only like one or two of those guys on that starting defense were here before him, like Slay and what, Aishon? I can't remember when they got a core, if that was what, if that was one of Bob Quinn's signings, well, well, Caldwell was still here, but yeah, right off the bat, I, I thought, I think he was, you know, Core's only been here for like, you know, a few years, and I think he was actually here when Caldwell was here, so, but Aishon and Slay are the only two guys on that defense that weren't here that Quinn and so when people are like wait till he gets his guys these are his guys that drives me freaking bonkers and I just like what like come on I can't I'm stammering thinking like what are these people watching he's not recruiting you know all these guys draft picks signings have been done by Bob Quinn and I'm sure Matt Patty's put he's putting his two cents in there and what's driving me nuts about it is like if you step back and look at this this defense on paper it's just it's not like it's a bunch of washed up names either and yeah they got some young talent you know Will Harris is struggling at points Devi is struggling but they're rookies okay I can live with that you know Walker you know he's been in and out you know nicked up like you said but 
you know, Slay. I mean, you know, everybody, oh, you didn't do that. Darius Slay's not Deion Sanders. He's not. I know that. But, you know, you know, cut the guy a little slack. I mean, Melvin Melvin has his up and down games. Coleman has his up and down games. You know, Tavon Wilson, you know, back there, you know, he's a guy that, you know, played with Matt Pat, knows the defense. He has his up and down games. And, you know, Flowers has been playing better of late, you know, now with the injury. Um, I don't know how extensive it is, the one you had mentioned earlier, you know, if, if he's going to be hurt. But what is, what's wrong with this defense? They got, you know, the, oh, wait till he gets his guys. What guys? They're they're his guys. <laughs> Driving nuts. I, help help me here, Derek. Help help me. Help me pull this up. What's wrong with this defense? Oh my gosh, Grifka. As I often do, I'll get to your question here at some point. But I got a few issues. First of all, I, I think I just I just put a pot roast in the slow cooker while you teed up that question done and ate it by the time you pitched it to me. So there, there's that. Also, you mentioned Twitter. You, you did promise the people you will put out at least one positive tweet between now and Sunday. Is that right? Be a first one ever for you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I put out positive <laughs> tweets before because you don't read it. Yeah. I, I, I must have missed those. So, okay. We want to get that down again on paper. And now now to your elongated question, which, oh, yeah. And there was another great gift, Grifka drop in there, which I'm going to have to get, which was something about bonkers, which I'm definitely going to get on the soundboard at some point. Um, okay. But <laughs> when you're talking about, um, you know, his defense, like it's – you can just look at it on paper and say like, oh, these are his players. My biggest beef is that, okay, everybody knows when you're a first-time head coach, there's transition period. They also know that when you're moving from one really successful team to a team that hasn't won, I don't know, in 50 you know, plus seasons, that there's a transition period. They also know when you're bringing in young talent, as you said, there's a transition period for those guys. So even if you look at all the names on the roster and say like, well, all these guys weren't here back in the, these are drafted Bob Quinn, Matt Pat type guys. Most of them haven't been around. And even the ones he has brought in flowers, Daniels, um, you know, Coleman, these guys, they don't even have a season under their belt with this team. So I'm much more in the, yeah, the names are different and yeah, the roster construction is different and it, it is on their image but it's not like we've been sitting around with two three bad seasons from these players that people are ragging on you know people are calling out these rookies and first year free agents you know let me see a year two and if the same guys are struggling if if justin coleman's having great games and then getting roasted and toasted like your boy mike ford is then we got issues if if trey flowers is still just a a blah type of d end he gets some sacks, but doesn't look explosive. Maybe we got more to talk about, but I, I think he now does pretty much have his team. He's going to add to it in free agency in the draft. And as we hit on, I think on Wednesday, I mean, name me a impact player that hasn't been hurt this year for not even just like a quarter or a little bit like games, multiple games. I mean, we can't get Slay, T-Walk, Daniels, Hand, uh, Flowers all on the field at one time, and that's our defense. That's the core of our defense right there, along with Tavai, Davis. You know what I mean? Like, g- give me even 85% of those guys on the, f- on the defense for multiple games, and I'll know more what we have. But I feel like this whole year, even though the names are Matt, Pat, and Bob Quinn's, you have not seen – 
their vision of what this defense could, would, and what I think they will be in year two and three, as long as they're given that chance. Yeah, I I see your point, but one thing that, you know, we've talked about it and I kind of hinted at it before is just, uh, you know, Rod Marinelli gets all this love down in Dallas. Like, oh, he turns like all these average defensive guys into great defensive, you know, linemen. And, you know, Matt Pat's supposed to be like this defensive genius. And I and I got it. Yeah, okay, you're right. Slade's been hurt at points. Walker's been hurt. But this defense is historically crappy. Okay, it's bad. And then, like, really bad. And, you know, they but struggle then, with the pass. They struggle with the run. And he's supposed to be a defensive genius. I mean, like rush three drop eight i i saw this i my buddy as as we were as um as we were doing our podcast for uh for wednesday my buddy actually you know sent us this blip that uh Dak oh, prescott what? actually said what, what did your buddy do come on he, said, he, he pinged me and a group of us and it, it said Dak prescott and one his quote was like i had so much time back there i went through my progressions twice I mean, yeah. there was there was one play actually, and I've seen this not only in the Cowboys game, other games where they rush three, and the defensive line's obviously getting no pressure, and they're just like standing there, and mm-hmm. like the quarterback, it's like, come on, man, I, you know, give me a break. I mean, what are you you hoping that the quarterback runs right at you and the offensive line falls down? I mean, come on, this defense is bad, and your defensive genius coach was like, oh, he, everybody's buying into it. The defensive line's just standing there after like two seconds, like, okay, I'm not gonna get to him. Come on, yeah. man. I mean, I don't, you know, I mean, that's like guys that he's brought in, you know, to say that. And you're right. Some guys haven't been on there, but those are guys that he's brought in that are just like, oh, okay, I'm double teamed. I'm stopped. Okay, okay, stop working to get to the quarterback. You know, so. Yeah. But, it, but my thing with, with that is, you know, is that scheme or is that talent? Like when you, when everybody calls out Matt Patricia on this genius that isn't getting results. Like, do you think he told the guys to rush for two seconds and then just stand there or get s- stuck to their block? Or is that these guys aren't physically there yet, whether it's the current guys, the backups that are out there, whatever it may be. Like, I, I don't know that you see some of that when they're firing the way they hope to when it comes to talent, as well as I, I, I'm not here to tell you that I think it's finished. You know, I'm not saying roll this defense out in 2020 as constructed. They need not only a couple more pieces, but a couple blue chip pieces. I keep saying on Twitter, like I don't want a couple guys. I want some playmakers added so that, yeah. Okay. Now you got the, the foundation, you got some of the edge setters. Okay, great. Now go get me a guy that can get 15 sacks. Go get me a guy that, and like, I, I don't, I'm not in the camp that thinks Trey flowers can't be that guy. I feel like he's just not that guy right now. And, and, Okay, Matt Pat was a defensive guy. He won championships. He won division titles every year. Like, he didn't forget how to coach defense. It's just not working right now. And I don't think it's a scheme issue. It's more so talent. And it's also, you know, it's an unfinished product right now. As much as people, I even said it was the best roster we've had. And, you know, that's proven me wrong when it comes to depth, as well as just, like I say, injuries killing it. But, could they really bounce back in 2020 with a couple key pieces and two years in the scheme? I think so. But, you know, people are getting really impatient and I I feel like, I feel like it's talent, not scheme right now. Well, let me ask you this. You mentioned how maybe a couple of blue chip guys, you know, cut, you know, another draft class and, um, 
let's see, you know, another free agency period. And you said, you know, a couple blue chip guys. What do you feel? I mean, you mentioned a, a guy that can get 15 sacks, you know, get the quarterback 15 sacks. So you said a couple. What what major positions on this defense would you really, if you were looking for bl- that blue chip talent, give me a couple spots where you would really like to see those guys. Not just go sign a guy, but like, okay, this guy's, you know, this guy's a dog, like you say. What couple positions on that defense would you be looking for that blue chip talent to fill? Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a good question. And Grifka, if you'd listen to the Detroit Kool-Aid cast when you're not starring on the show, I did a bonus show with my buddy Stefan and we talked about this topic for a good 10, 20 minutes. What does this team need? And I know you're focused on the defensive side of the ball, so I'll start there. What I said is that uh, I'm so sick of trying to get by with Darius Slay and nothing else. You know, okay, they did pay Justin Coleman a lot of money. I feel like overall he's been decent in the slot. But until you get another guy that's either elite or or above average that can that can also lock up on the other side of Slay, you're you're going to struggle in a passing league. So corner to me is still a big issue. They've never spent a first round corner. Um, a first round pick on a corner since what back in the days of Westbrook and, and some of Terry fairs of the world. Right. So to me, that needs to be addressed, you know, to, to pump up slay while he's still in his prime, while he's still good, give him a running mate, not say, okay, you govern one guy and then we're Swiss cheese on the other side. And, and even in the slot, we're still not where we need to be. So that was my thing on defense. And then I, my other big thing, what does this team need? Grifka, I'm tired of talking about the running game in Detroit. I said, go get me a big time running back. I think you asked me a couple weeks ago, would you get Jonathan Taylor if he was at the right spot in the first round or even if he falls the second round? Yes, man. I want to get a guy like that that's big and that has elite speed and can bang and that you can pair with carry on because I think a running game would help. This football team control the ball, which is what they want to do. I think it would help the defense. And I think that if you can get me a cover corner and a big time running back to pair with carry on, I feel like those are the two pieces just off the top that would get us over the hump more so than, oh, a rush player, maybe a, a cover linebacker. Like, yeah, I want those two, but those are my first two shopping lists is a top corner and a running back. Okay. Um, linebacker. You need a linebacker who's speed and can cover. Sorry, mm-hmm. that's what you need. Canard I, I, is a great, you know, he's a great puzzle piece. I mean, he's not a star, but I like what he brings to the table. But uh, Christian Jones isn't the answer. Tavai, I think he, I st- you know, he's maybe a tackling machine, but I think he's too slow to cover. I, I really do. And everybody on this podcast knows how I feel about Jared Davis. I don't think that guy's ever going to be able to cover anything. I mean, so uh, you got to use your coffee table line. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. He couldn't cover a coffee table. I mean, you know, he, he could, he could guard Venus to Milo and Venus to Milo is still going to haul in five catchers for 60 yards. Okay. I mean, so give me a break. I mean, my biggest issue with the linebackers though, are they're all the same. The, all of the guys you named are big bulky hit, hold the edge type linebackers. So yeah, we do. We do need a guy who can cover. Right. I'm with you. We do. But like when you're saying it's not at the top of my list, because I feel like those guys are more readily available than uh, an elite corner. Like I'm tired of taking corners in the third, fourth, sixth round. Go get one in the first or second round. That's actually good. Same with a running back. Oh, you can find one in the in the fourth round. Really? Because I'd like to just take one at the top of the draft and be done with this. 
I'm tired of it. Like I know the the analytics say wait, but I'm just saying Jonathan Taylor's there at ten. Just give him to me, and I'm moving forward. I'm I'm just sick of talking about a running game for two and a half decades now. You might want to add well, a top player, and that might put it to bed. Well, you know, part of the running game is also having an offensive line to blow up to open some holes. So, you know, yeah, maybe you go get a left tackle who's actually like a stud, as opposed to like, you know jumping off or i'm sorry false start or like hey yo driscoll here comes robert quinn oh, oh wait never mind. oh sorry oh gosh never mind i was th- i thought you get that on on wednesday but i'm glad you did some taylor decker bashing here on a friday because yeah. you, you, you avoided yeah, he, it on the previous show yeah he deserves it he needs another block o tattoo because he can't block a damn thing you know so but anyways I, I still, uh, the, the linebacker yeah. position a linebacker can cover weak side you know, Kennard at the strong side, I'm fine with, you know, Tavai in the middle, you know, he's, he's not a three down back and he doesn't belong trying to cover a running back out of the backfield they need a weak side linebacker with some speed, not Christian Jones. So, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I think if they find one or both of those this upcoming year that can really play, I mean, could make a big difference and I sure hope so, because I feel like there's other good pieces, but they're missing a couple of those pieces that really expose the whole thing. Like, there's really nothing wrong with rushing three and dropping if you had guys that could drop and hang with people, you know, or could could make plays on the football. Instead, we just have guys that are middle of the road that are just getting roasted in, in dropped coverage. And they're not communicating great either because I think they're still new to everything. So in year two, there better not be some of this, Oh, I'm passing them off. Oh, you didn't pick them up. Oh, I thought you had the tight end on the goal line. No, we got to get all that tightened up too, from a scheme perspective, but get me some more talent and also like, get me a, a horse, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. And I think that, think it'll make a big difference you know i don't think they're as far away as people think but i'm also not sitting here telling you oh it's been a great defense what's the issue the one thing i did want to bring up griff i know we got to keep it moving is like you're saying this defense has been terrible it's been like the last seven games plus yes they've been terrible remember last year or remember this defense early this year like we schemed up a win basically against philly like we were taking care of kyler murray with no problem for three and a half quarters we uh we beat up on da- uh, daniel jones daniel dimes as you love to call him and the new york giants so they have put schemes together and have stopped top running back so it's not like they have totally missed it's just it, it was good for maybe three four games and it's totally fallen off and we can't figure out why they can't get it back on track. I mean, especially in the passing game. Yeah, but you're right. For three quarters, they held Kyler Murray in check, and then they, like, played really far off, and they came back to tie. Danny Dimes, yeah, they beat him up, but he still threw for over 300 yards and had four touchdowns in that game as a rookie quarterback in your house. So um, to say, you know, to use those as, as your talking points, like they had some schemes – I mean, I'll, we, we went, we I'll, went I'll into go, Philly. I'll go with your Pat Mahomes. I'll go with your Pat Mahomes, though. They shut him down. He had right. touchdowns. He still threw for over 300 yards, and they just ran the ball in because they were inside the five all the time. And you're right. Philadelphia was, was probably their best defensive game all year, which I'm glad because Philadelphia fans are jerks, so I'm glad they went into their house and beat the crap out of them, <laughs> and they could boo their team because they lost to the Lions and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Screw you, Philly fans. You guys are morons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad we got that in. Uh, yeah, I'm like say, uh, I'm just saying that there has been times not only have they schemed it up, but they played solid. And there's been a bulk of the season where they haven't, and they were we were calling them top ten what they did last year. So maybe it's somewhere in the middle. I just they got to get back yeah. to that because it's it's not not acceptable right now. 
I got this. Um, I have one more question for you. Um, I'm looking for a deep answer, so I kind of want to keep it moving. I know we have a lot of fun talking about the defense. So this kind of leads into the defense. You're starting to read all these articles, and I brought it up a couple weeks ago, and you asked me if it was a real question. Finally, guys are – finally, some of your favorite reporters are starting to get on it. I said that? What's that? I said that? Yeah, because remember I asked you, would would Mother Goose be the sacrificial lamb? You kind of laughed, and you're like, is this a real question? And I'm like, yeah, it's a real question. So obviously, you know, your boys, Justin Rogers, Dave Burkett, listen to our show because now they're finally writing the articles on this. But, um, you know, you know, everybody's like, oh, changes need to be made. Changes need to be made. You know, Pascalone needs to go. But I'm reading some stuff. It's just like. And I know it's 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 fans on both sides of this. Some people are just ready to get rid of Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia and his whole staff and say, "Hey, we've given you enough time. Get lost." And then there's a, there's like another faction of of people that are just like, you know, okay, you know, you know, give Bob Quinn a little more time. You know, he's he's doing pretty good in the draft. He's bringing some players in here. Maybe just one or two changes on the coaching staff. You know, not the head coach himself, but you know, maybe get rid of Pascaloni and maybe like a linebackers coach or defensive backs coach, you know, just as like that sacrificial guy. My question to you is what side of the fence are you sitting on, you know, with this right now? I know you've said it a couple times, but, you know, talk some sense into those people that are like willing, just like blow it up, start over again. Now, before I get to your question, Grifka, I, I can't believe you'd accuse me of such a thing, but I, I think it's appropriate to do in this situation again. Is this a real question? <laughs> of course it is, man. I, I really want to know how you feel about this. Is, uh, is it time to blow this up and go somewhere else or at least get rid of, you know, Mother Goose? Or <laughs> No, I, uh, I'm i glad you asked it, and I think it's a real pertinent question when it comes to the fan base and everybody out there. So we'll definitely tackle it. Um, you know, I, I feel like the, the overarching sentiment among Lions fans right now is they're just – they're tired of waiting. They're sick of these losses. They, they hate this record. They hate looking forward saying we got six games. doesn't matter who we play with no quarterback, no running back, beat up defense, a defense they can't cover. How, how are we going to win more than a couple games? Well, you know, so they want to get rid of the head coach. They want to get rid of the gym, you know, fire everyone, start over. Like my thing with that is we've been there, done that. You know, has it ever given us these amazing results? Every every time it's usually like a little spark of, wow, this is different, or this guy is the opposite of the previous guy, but it hasn't amounted to to W's, obviously no playoff wins, no sustained success. So that's the easy answer for everybody to sit there, fire everybody, bring in somebody new and shiny. My thing is, Bob Quinn's been here about four seasons or so, and people beat him up for his drafts and free agency. I mean, they, they rarely give him credit for Kenny carry on, you know, the meat and potatoes guys on the line that do end up being good. They just point out, you know, that Decker's not playing as well or Wagner isn't some stalwart over there. So, so I think he's done. Okay. My thing is, so he was here for four years. Then he brought in Matt Pat said that nine wins wasn't good enough, whatever. Everybody holds him to that comment as well. I feel like this is really only year 1.5 of Matt Pat and Bob Quinn building their football team. So I'd give that more time. The thing I'm worried about is I feel like they're building the 2006 Patriots where it's like, Oh, we we've always loved big linebackers. Oh, we, 
you know, we like this type of defensive end. We run this scheme. Everybody seems to know their scheme. You know, people say like, oh yeah, you know, they, they run in, you know, similar concepts and they played for them like eight years ago. It's like, have we evolved the scheme at all? Is this like an, an unpenetrable scheme that just works for decades upon decades with no adjustment? Like that worries me a little bit, but I, I feel like you have to ride this out, you know, continue to show faith in these guys and say, I'm not going to give you a five-year plan, but Matt Stafford's probably got about two, three good years left. If that's who you want to roll with. I think I talked about on the other bonus show, like I don't, maybe me and you talked about it too. I don't think just going and getting some crazy new quarterback is totally out of the question. I mean, maybe they just don't feel like Stafford will ever get him over the hump. Even if they like him as a person and as a football player, maybe they want to just go go all out and get a QB here in the next year or so. But I say you see all that out. You give them two more years. This next year is a, a real make it break it. It's like, Hey, you added to the team. Everybody's healthier. We expect playoff birth as well as, you know, a home playoff game would kind of be what you're looking for. If you don't get there, you know, but you build on and show some positivity, then that next year in 2021 is basically it. It's like, I want a, a home playoff win for sure, if not farther. And if you can't get that done, we gotta we gotta go ahead and get some new people in here. It might be a whole rebuild at that point, but I think by that point you're gonna see a much better cohesive overall team. I think they'll add the pieces me and you have talked about, and it'll be much better if people can wait. You know, the fans, the management, you know, the owner. If they can't, I feel like we're set back another couple of years. So. That my take is to patience is a virtue. I know you don't want to wait, but wait a little bit longer. And if they can't get it done in a year or two, then I'm fine to move on. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, what I was looking for from you. I mean, talk some people off the ledge. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And um, but don't get me wrong, I do see the other side of the coin. I mean, we both kind of mentioned there's some questionable things that. Matt Patricia does that kind of leaves our heads kind of scratching the way he uh, mm-hmm. the way he kind of uses the clock, way he uses the timeouts, and you know some of the, you know obviously the two point conversion try you know against Dallas and stuff, and so I can see why some people would want that they want that instantaneous you know um, those the Sean McVay goes to the Rams and they're instantaneously good but you know look at them this year they're I mean right. yeah the, they're obviously a lot better than what the Lions are but still. That team's not running up and down the field like it was last year. You know, so obviously defenses have figured them out. I mean, so it happens. It's a it's an it's a scheme thing. It's um this you mention it all the time. This is just a league of adjustments. So, you know, bringing the right people, you know, I, I still believe that Pascal only has to go. I'm glad you hired your mentor, you know, he gave you your first job, but you know, <laughs> you said if he's the one if it's his scheme, he's the one calling it, then then fine. Put a cardboard cutout of Homer Simpson out there if you're obviously going to be doing, you know, doing it. I mean, give me a break. I mean, don't try to use that, but do something. I mean, maybe it's one thing he needs to step away from it and, you know, just you manage the whole thing and not just focus on the defense and, you know, get a defense coordinator. I mean, people are like calling for, you know, Austin to come back as the defensive coordinator. And there's defenses he really had that were good, but then you know, that after was it after Sue left and that whole defense left. I mean, his defenses weren't that weren't that great. And so people were ready to run him out of town. So it's just, you know, the Lions fans are finicky. Everybody wants, you know, instantaneously W's, you know, like you said, next year they better be, you know, 11 and five, man. 
you better you, you can't go eight and eight. You can't go nine and seven and you know you know backdoor into the playoffs. You know and like you know think this fan base is going to be happy because we've seen all that before. I mean mm-hmm. we, we saw it a couple times at Caldwell. So I, I still yeah I think they need to change defense coordinators or if he just got to be the one to say like I'm going to be the one to call it. I don't want to bring him up again because he's probably eating, you know greasy uh, you know chicken wings right now. But McCarthy did that with the offense in Green Bay. It's, it's like you get rid of I'll call the offense. You know, you know, as he's choking down some, you know, you know, lemon pepper chicken wings from Wingstop. But, you know, maybe maybe that's what Matt Pat needs to do. It's like, you know, you know, Paul, thanks for my first job. I appreciate you. We're still buddies, but I'm going to take it from here. You know, there's the door. Real quick counterpoint. This is something I like to mention it before. You're like, oh, we got to spend more time on a show about that. Like to your point about, you know, 10, 11 wins in a playoff. And I even said, you know playoff home playoff game we've set all these bars right but i feel like the nfl is an eight and eight league i feel like me being the the kool-aid drinker of the bunch here always starts at 10 you know and works my way up but if you're realistic about the nfl any given sunday every week everybody's good right so you don't just you don't just look at the detroit lions and say oh we're a playoff team oh we should win a home playoff game we just we just play the dallas freaking cowboys who have stars all over the field offense and defense and offensive line and they're like 5 and 4 going into this game uh, that they beat us so I think people have to temper their expectations a little bit. Like I want a good football team. I want good players at premier spots, but you don't just roll out of bed in the NFL and make the playoffs or win a home playoff game. You've got to fight your tail off to get that done. So even though I set those same bars, I think fans got to be careful of just saying like, Oh, if you don't get this, we got to move on. It's like, that just doesn't happen in the league. You could be up one year and terrible the next. It happens every season. Chicago bears. Right. Or us this year. We're terrible. Like, you don't think we could bounce back and win 10 games next year? Absolutely. Yeah. But it did. you don't just roll out of bed doing it. You don't just get it gifted to you. You got to go out and do it. And uh, I feel like they can. But just every year I hear this crap about, oh, and why, why are we not in the playoffs? Like, last time I checked, how many teams make the playoffs, Griff? Good, like you know, eight per division, you know, like 16 so or less than half of the whole league makes it right in the NFL. So it's like, it's not a gifted thing. Like it is an NBA or hockey or whatever. It's not yeah, as bad as, I, you know, the, the sport we shall not speak of. But. Uh, yeah. But uh, I think everybody like looks at the patrons like, Oh, look at how come they do it? Well, they win cause they have a hell of a coach and they got Tom Brady. And plus, you know, for right. the longest time, those other teams in that division just suck. terrible. I mean, let's yeah. face it. Every, I mean, Oh God, look how many you're right. For as like, you know, for as many times as, you know, uh, you know, we joke about it. You know, we rip on like, oh, this team, you know, the Bears suck. Minnesota ain't that good. Green Bay's are terrible. Face it. Those three teams are, you know, for a number of years have been head and shoulders above what the Patriots have faced. And don't get me wrong. The Patriots are a great team. I love Tom Brady. I do. I know a lot of people hate him, but he's a Michigan man. I'm, you know, I love Michigan. You know, Belichick's a hell of a coach, but what the Lions have to face week in and week out is so much different than what the Patriots. I mean, what the Patriots lost to the lost to the Baltimore Ravens. Everyone's like, oh, look, now they play a real team and look what happens. You don't think Bill Belichick's going to have a different scheme if they run into the, play- in the Ravens in the playoffs? Do you think it's going to work out the exact same way? It might, but I bet you the right. game's a whole hell of a lot different. So, Or the counterpoint is if, if we're playing the Dolphins, Jets, and Bills for the last decade, you don't think the Lions would have had a couple division titles? Are you kidding me? 
Like those teams have yeah. been awful for like ten years straight. We've been in the toughest division for like seven years straight. Yeah, and exactly. Um, and it's like one of those things like the Dolphins are obviously in tank mode this year. I mean, how many years did you see the Jets go into like tank mode? Well, they're not gonna admit it. But it's like, yeah, we right. know you are and even Buffalo, it's just like, yeah, you're just you're you know, you know, five games in, you realize your team's terrible, so then you just go for it. Does it ever seem like Minnesota's just like yeah, we're terrible, man. Forget it. We're just going to tank. Green Bay might have might have tanked a little bit last year, but still, they're Green Bay, you know, and you know, free agents are going to want to go there and play. And even Chicago right. last year, they got hot and they got, you know, full of themselves. And, you know, this year, I mean, their quarterback sucks. I've said it before. Mitch, you know, you know, Mitch and his milk bones, you know, dude, you suck. We all know it. But still, like you said, if Detroit had to take on those other three teams that New England has to play, we would have been waltzing into the playoffs a couple years ourselves. So, all right. Grifka, let me, I know we got to finish this up. So your take is actually that you are, are preaching patience. Cause again, your, your three negative tweets a week have, have seemed to intimate, get rid of Matt Pat. Uh, I'm sick of this. This team sucks. Like I, I, I'm very surprised to hear you take my stance, which is hang in there a little bit longer. Yeah, they got to be better. I'm not sitting here telling you the defense is great or hey, we uh, we're blowing you know the league away. We're having one of the worst seasons in my you know memory the last five years or so. This season has been terrible. But you're you're in the wait or like build on it you know type of. Uh, space because I, I definitely have not got that opinion from you when I've seen your tweets or talked to you. No, my opinion on this is for us, how bad as the offense was and I was like, well, they need to switch off it. So they did. And now look what the offense has done. I think that's what they need to do with this defense and they need to change something like you, you, you believe it's Matt Patricia's and you know, Patricia keeps saying that Pascal Loney, he's the one calling the defenses. Then if that's the case, then you need to switch defensive coordinators because his defense is freaking terrible. I mean, they right. need to, he needs to change up something there fast. I'll give, like you said, year and a half, Matt Patricia, fine. I'll give you another year. I think when teams like flip coaches that quick, that's just, that's utter stupidity, you know, mm-hmm. but um, he needs to change defensive coordinators, something fierce. I mean, because this defense is historically crappy. Yeah, I'm with you, but I, I just got after you before because I, I think if you think it's Pascaloni going rogue, calling crazy, terrible defenses, and Matt Pat doesn't have the gall or the ability to change it or to or he's not in on everything going on with the team, you're missing it. So then people are like, okay, well, then I'll blame Matt Patricia for how bad we are. It's like, I guess you can, but I'm going back to, again, talent, injuries, referees this year, as well as, you know, year 1.5 come back to me in 2.5 and this defense still looks like Swiss and we, we still can't win ball games. I got major issues, but not right now, you know, and like not last year when people were calling, Oh, he's a mess. He's a tire fire. He just doesn't know what he's doing. Really? It was like, it was, it was like game 10 at that point. So like I say, I think it needs a little more time, not eternity, but more time. And Hopefully we'll, we'll have this franchise quarterback healthy and, and ready to roll either later this year or next year. So that's my take. Like I say, if, if that's your take, then I need a little more, not only positivity, but also just, uh, Hey, it's a bad year, not expecting playoffs, not expecting a bunch of wins, but you know, you can see those positive points as well as, you know, they better get it right in the off season. That's for sure. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I, like you said, if he's the one, you know, you know, it's his scheme. It's my thing. You're a defensive genius. You better show a little more. 
And if you're like, nope, you know, you know, Pasqualone, he's the one calling it. Well, then, you know, he's making you look bad. And, uh, yeah, if, if you keep telling me, no, it's his scheme, he's the one, you know, he's got his hands all over it. Well, then, Mr. Defensive Guru, your defense looks utterly terrible. But if you want to go to press conferences and tell everybody that it's your defense coordinator calling it, then you need to switch something up. You're putting way too much faith in that guy. So uh, I realize he was your mentor and everything like that, and your buddies with him. So um, you need to change something up. It's either your crappy scheme or your crappy coach. So see, but it's not though. It's not one of those two because there's there's football players that you have on the team. Like, uh, you know, again, we talked about it. if it's a great scheme, but you don't have the players or the players aren't executing. Do how do you think it's going to look on Sundays? You know, I bet you it looks great maybe a Monday through Wednesday. But then we get to Sunday mornings it's and afternoons, it's not looking so good. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's looked better to me when hands been healthy. It looked a lot better to me when T-Walk was fu- firing on all cylinders, looked like a really up-and-coming safety. Um, you know, uh, you know, another rookie linebacker there. So I, I'm trying to tell you and others that instead of focusing so much on the defensive genius, the scheme, the, wow, this defense is terrible, like – well, how has it looked when it's been more at full strength? And what do you think it will look like when all these free agents are in year two? You know, I think that's going to make the difference. Not that he's going to come up with some new scheme or, wow, I'm going to get on the headsets and change everything. It's going to come down to the players playing a little better and them adding to those players. Like, Will Harris is out there, but we all kind of know he's not totally ready as much as we want. We know Tavai isn't like an everyday down linebacker. Um, you know, they need to add to that again, push some of those guys down or move them around a little bit. And then the players will make the scheme better. Not the scheme, just making some average player tremendous. Tom Brady makes average receivers look great. Not, they don't just scheme him into amazing things. That's my opinion. It's going to come down to players execution and then scheme and coaching and play calling is like third or fourth on my list at least. But like you say, I know everybody sees it differently. So Grifka, I'm sure we could talk about it for days, man. Uh, sounds like we're both hanging in there, going to drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. We're suffering through a terrible season right now. Um, you got anything else for the people? Uh, nope. <laughs> oh, man. I had to, I had to go to a Grifka because we got to get out of here on a Friday. But uh, we're going to try to get a dub ski uh, in Washington and uh, come back next week serving up that Detroit Kool-Aid. So everybody uh, get at Grifka DKC on Twitter. Tell him to be positive. Tell him not to quit on the team, which he usually does about the first quarter or so when something bad goes wrong, uh, on during the game. You can tweet at me at Derek Oakry, D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. I love talking football and love interacting with uh, Lions fans as well as fans of the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. So everybody, we hope you have a great weekend. Time to get a dub put all this to bed and uh, get rolling for Thanksgiving. Thank you so much. Take care, everybody. We're out. Back to back. Stop the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in.